Welcome to the She's Valiant podcast, where we talk about real women's issues like taking the big leap in careers, starting a business, money, and choosing courageous actions when times get tough. We'll certainly discuss what business can and should look like as feminine leaders. At She's Valiant, we believe in elevating women in business and that women should be in all places where decisions are being made. We are so glad you're here. Jennifer, did you know, I found a website with some juicy stats. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? I do. I do. I love juicy. Okay. So here's the thing. I was curious about, because we're on this money series, and I was curious to know about where we stand when it comes to finances, men versus women, right? Okay. Um, we, I feel like it's pretty common knowledge or the stat, you know, circulates. Right now, women are up to 82, earning 82 cents on the dollar in comparison with men. So it's climbing. I think it, you know, used to be like, you know, when I was coming up, you know, teenager, you know, in my early 20s is like the 70, 74 cent range it was like we were fighting for our quarter now we're just fighting for 18 cents but that's that's in general right it's and white women gets, right well yes yeah, so that's what i was going to get into well white women singled out is um it's being reported 78 cents um for every dollar um so the 82 cents is the average the overall average um Asian women earn 87 cents for every dollar in comparison by white men. That's okay. the difference here. The white women earn 78 cents for every dollar earned by white men. Black women is 63 cents for every dollar earned by white men. Native women earn 60 cents for every dollar earned by white men. Buckle up. Hispanic and Latinx women earn 55 cents for every $1 earned by white men. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. How do you feel about that? That's bullshit. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the best way I can express myself on that. Yeah. There's a lot of data, um, lots to comb through. But one thing that's also really interesting to me is when we I'm kind of scaling through some of this information here. Um. The other interesting thing is, you know, women are more likely to exit the workforce for a period of time to care for others. So whether that's having babies or being a caretaker to and someone. That's, that's why they justify. Well, that's how they justify <laughs> paying us less. Right. Well, one of I'm the, sure there's a lot of that goes into it. But um, let's see. There's also. Oh, hold on. I've got some good stuff. Women hold this blew me out of my chair. Women hold nearly two thirds of all student loan debt in the U S even though women only make up 56% of all enrolled students. What do you make of that? I have lots of thoughts. Yeah. I can talk about my situation. Okay. Well, is it like financial aid is or financial aid by way of scholarships and things are more broadly awarded to boys that I don't know 
But one thing, and I know we're not really there yet, but one thing that, that is exhausting to me is a woman, a woman who has been heavily involved with, you know, compensation strategies within a company. Um, it's exhausting that we have to, the, the overall rhetoric, is, and I can't find myself doing this in my coaching, is coaching women on how to be better negotiators, negotiate, 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 don't leave any money on the table. But at some point, let's have the conversation on the other side. Men, like our male leaders, need to be a part of this accountability as well. Women need to negotiate. We need to we need to gain that skill set because a lot of times women just don't would just rather take the first, you know, or, you know, just, it gets, it's nerve wracking. I know I've been there, but then there's, and I'm going to stop running my mouth and let you speak Jennifer. (laughs) But then there's the other thing where I know someone I reported to said to me on more than one occasion, I can hire a higher quality employee by hiring a woman and I don't have to pay her as much. It's a better deal for me. Did you smack him out of his chair? <laughs> That's my um, first question. Mentally. No, I didn't resort to physical harm. Let's just say karma took care of this individual. <laughs> I don't right, think then. he'll ever listen to this episode. I hope not. But <laughs> actually, you know, it, it wouldn't. It, it's fine. It is what it is. He can listen. <laughs> I think women get the raw end of most deals. I think that so many times it's not that we don't think we're worth more. It's that we, and again, there are some badass top negotiators, I'm sure that are female. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but that is a skill set, and that's something that's learned and maybe becomes natural to some, but I would say not to most. Um, there's something about like, I, I remember feeling like I could stick up for myself in every situation, but when it came to my money, what I was going to be paid, it was awkward. It's almost like, I didn't feel like that was something I should have a say in. I, I just think that we're conditioned to not financially or, or ask for what we want financially. I think that we can ask for, you know, um, nursing rooms. I think we can ask for, um, you know, different things in the workplace. But I think when it comes to money, a lot of times women, I think, are either intimidated or just plain uncomfortable with the conversation surrounding what they should be paid. I also think that some women are in tough situations because, and I don't have the stats to back this up, but I would say there's more women in the financial side of businesses as far as running payroll, for example. I think when you're running payroll, it's really, really, really awkward to talk about your own pay. I I feel like that adds another layer. But But anyway, but you know, the other side of it, it's like we don't want to have to ask. Yeah. You know, it's like you've called me the linchpin of this organization. You, you've said that if it wasn't for me or you want me to stand in your place in these things. And, 
you value my input so much. I serve this purpose for you so much. And yet I'm the lowest paid whatever here. Or do you even know? No, do you even know that? Right. Because in most companies, there's not that transparency. And even when there is transparency, like, you know, government entities where, you know, you have to disclose there, it, there are even problems there. Mm-hmm. You know, even when it is clear, you know, and you can look up what Joe Blow down the hallway makes. Um, so that's not a perfect science, but at least you'd know. But then it goes into people being promoted to a place to make a certain class of pay. If we're talking about government, I worked for city government for years. Um, and we all, the same class of employee that I was, you know, if there's somebody across the hall on that same um, pay scale, I think they were pay classes, I think is what they were. Um, they could pick their nose all day long and not do anything and I could run circles around them and everybody down the hall but my pay was the same as theirs Mm. so then there's that issue yeah yeah but the only way for me to get paid more like there was no merit involved the only way for me to get paid more was to be promoted into a position so then there's the whole promoting men over women issue which that again you know raises income yeah Anyway, I can go yeah. down that road, but yeah, there's, I think there's lots of reasons, but I think being aware of the stats, cause obviously our conversation today, we can't change, I guess the external factors, we can do what we can, but in, I think out of the conversation today, knowing the stats and where things are gives, gives us some insights to kind of see the transformation that can take place when we look at our, look at our situation, look at the circumstances and then dive in. And, you know, last, last episode, we talked about our history with, with money. And I would love to go into kind of, you know, we touched on the transformation that can take place when you get more connected with money and finances. And I'd like to go into that a little bit further because I think right now you and I are both seeing, you know, are, are living much different lives than we did whenever or before we got connected with yes, for sure. With money. For sure. Why like why money Digging into your money, no matter what your transformation is that you're looking forward to or looking to make, why is why is money the thing that could potentially be the catalyst for the transformation for overall your whole entire transformation, what you're looking for? Does that make any sense? <laughs> I think that money offers lots of things that are much, much more attractive and greater than cash in the bank. Money's not just cash in the bank. And when people realize that it changes their ambition or it changes their ability. A lot of times I was just having the conversation this week 
with um, JB, you know, she's a partner of mine, business partner in um, two of my businesses. And she has put the logo on the back of her new vehicle. One of her friends, um, I guess, had seen her. And she was like, why would you put that on your car? <laughs> and, and she said... <laughs> And I don't, you know, honestly, she didn't tell me what her response was, but she told, you know, she was like, people don't get it. They don't get it. They just do not understand. And I was like, I'll tell you what I see. I see leads. I see green. I see money. I see what that simple thing can do for the company. I honestly feel like when people don't have a good relationship with money, they, they take a surface look at different moves that are made or different, um, even money that's made. For example, um, Christmas bonuses. You know, I think a lot of people probably blow their Christmas bonus, mm-hmm. um, which I guess it's a gift. It's extra, right? But when you're intentional and you have a good relationship with money, you learn how it works for you and you learn, um, where to best place it for it to for you to get the most bang for your buck. You know, like you don't have to blow it. Like that's not a rule. You don't have to just because it's extra and unaccounted for. It doesn't mean it has to be thrown away. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying that you can't use it and you can't spend it on yourself if needed or whatever, but what I'm saying is you don't have to blow extra money because you didn't account for it already. And I honestly feel like we're entitled or we feel entitled to have a lot of things. You know, it's like when people realize that money isn't just stuff, you don't just like money isn't only to buy stuff when they take a hard look at it and they realize that it can give you so much more if you will just take a step back, breathe and think it through. Right. And I understand there's different levels of, of finances and, um, you know, some people don't get Christmas bonuses. Like I, I do understand the different finance levels, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, if you start making wise choices, at some point you're going to get to where your money works for your money makes you money. Yeah, that's the goal. It doesn't have to be my money buys me that TV or my money's going to buy me this thing. Now, if you need something, please buy it. Right. I think we we often sometimes focus too, and maybe maybe this is it's more well we know it's it's more common that people go and blow it. But then um I've also seen this too. There's actually someone in my life who does that, that comes to mind who will not, who will sit on their money. And so who would get a Christmas bonus and not spend it out of fear. And so Mm. even though that, that savings account might be building and you think, well, I mean, that's abundance. You have lots of it or, you know, it, that to me is scarcity too, because you're, operating under the assumption that there's a finite amount available to you. So it's like squirreling it away for what? So you know what I would do with the $500 Christmas bonus? 
What would you do with a $500 Christmas bonus? I'd make an extra, an extra payment on my car. Yeah. Or I would invest it. Or if I don't have savings and I'm working on my emergency fund, I would put it in my savings account. I don't mean that the object is not to squirrel money. Yeah. So that you're rolling in cash. Because again, it's not about the cash. It's about the security, the stability, um, the options it provides you. It's about making wise decisions and making it work for you instead of you working for it. Yeah. They're and not- I think that that's the concept that's hard to grasp. And even me, like as, as someone who, what I do every day, like my ability to survive in the world is based on like what I do, not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I don't work for, you know, a, a company anymore. Um, but is, is how to get out of that frame, that, that frame of thinking. Now, not everyone who listens to this podcast is looking to fire up their own business and that's okay. Right. But even if you aren't an entrepreneur or don't ever wish to be, which is okay. Um, I still think you can adopt this mindset. Oh my that, gosh. You know, to, to have your money work for you. And a then thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's what I would do. And I'll, I'll just lay it out here for you. I would work on getting out. Well, first of all, work on an emergency fund. Yeah. I would say a month's worth of bills, a month, whatever you need to run your household for a month to start. Okay. Then I would get out of debt, starting with the highest interest loan that I have. Now, some people need a little bit sooner gratification of things being paid off so that they stay, keep the momentum and it makes them feel good then go with the smallest loan you have, the small, smallest debt that you have. Pay that off first, go to the next one, take that money, roll it up. I mean, we all pretty much know the snowball effect. Right. Um, but I would pay off the highest interest loan that I have. Once all of that debt is gone, and I don't know, I'm sure this breaks all the rules, but I don't necessarily think housing is a debt. I know it's a debt, right. it's a loan. But I feel like that's something that would be absolute last to pay off. We're talking about credit cards. I'm talking about credit cards, car car notes, um, personal loans, student loans, all the things, right? Yeah. Um, Pay all those off and then build your savings to three months, three to six months saving and then start investing. Um, I do think you need an emergency fund. I don't think a credit card is a great example of an emergency fund because then you got to pay it back. You know, it just starts the whole cycle over. That's what I would do if I was coming into or trying to um, make my financial life better. And some, that might take years. I'm not saying this is something that's done in a month by any measure. It takes time, but it's so right. worth it. Because here's what I do know. You can live like you're very, very wealthy and not make that much money if you're debt free. Yeah. You can live however, almost, right? However you want if you don't have debt. My God, if I didn't have any debt, (laughs) ma'am, I would be living it up. (laughs) But I have debt. I have a child in college. I have, you know, a car payment. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, whatever. But you can live very, very, very well, even if you don't have a super high salary. If you don't have debt, there's a lot of, from my perspective, 
and I know like this wasn't really the, this is a little tangential, but I, I feel like there's a lot of financial advisors out there, very popular financial advisors out there who operate out of shame a little bit about debt. I think you don't want to name him. I'll go ahead and name Dave Ramsey, but I feel like there's multiple. Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey can go to hell. I don't, I don't, that's just my opinion. I don't know if that, uh, I'll say that's just Rebecca's opinion. I won't speak for she's valiant, but (laughs) that's my opinion. Um, But I think there's a lot of shame. Like you're not a bad person for being in debt. This is what, you know, well, and not everybody else is broke, sir. And yeah. coffee's not going to break you, sir. Right. There's it's it's the same thing, you know, everything in moderation, just like anything. But and there's a balance. But, you know, and there's a lot of really funny TikToks out there about Dave Ramsey's approach. But I think at at the end of the day, we as women or from my experience, from my personal experience, and then also my observations of other women, we are very nervous around money. Money has, we don't know, statistically, we don't have great relationships with money. Why? As a, as a gender. Well, a lot of things, I mean, I feel like it's generational, hmm. you know, and, you know, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that many. Well, it wasn't that many generations ago. Women didn't earn money, right? Yeah. Like that wasn't. Yeah. And so, like, zoom out. We're pretty new to money as a gender. So that's again my just my thoughts on it. And so we're we're now in a society most mostly feel like you know a lot of a lot of households are changing in which women are equal contributors to the household equal or more. And, and so like that's, that dynamic is shifting. And so here's the thing. I believe this wholeheartedly. If you're looking to make a change in your life, start with your money, mm-hmm. start with your money. So I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I can't remember how detailed we got about it, but I spent all of my marriage or the first, so we were married for 13 years. Is that right? Yeah, 13 years. And I spent the first 11 years of it not paying a single bill. And just the division of tasks early on in our relationship, he took the finances and I put my head in the sand. And I remember one wintry morning or evening when he looked at me and said, our debt is climbing. This is like just after the 2019 Christmas. So it was early, early 2020. He looked at me and said, we have to, we have to do something about this debt. I think it's time to dip into our 401k. Mm. I had just gone through my Susie Orman enlightenment. And for a lot of people, I mean, she can get a little shamey too. Um, So let's call a thing a thing, but I really like, her direct approach in most circumstances. But I heard her say, don't do that. (laughs) Don't touch your 401k. So I said, well, we're not going to do that, but 
I am going to go and open up my own bank account. I'll switch my direct deposit to that account. I'm going to start paying off debt. So I went with a snowball. I went with the highest um, balance, not started with the highest balance or no lowest balance. Sorry. Lowest balance and then worked my way. Yes. Snowball, snowball. So (laughs) I worked my way to the largest balance. And there were a lot of, once I started digging in and strategizing, it became fun. And it's almost like gamifying it uh, to see how quickly we could do this. And then when I started to find joy with that, believe it or not, could not believe I was, you know, finding joy, especially in 2020 when the world was crumbling around us. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I look at, the the positive in that and that the here my my washer just started again i paused it (laughs) (laughs) joys of working from home i know for anyone who's listening i apologize if you hear my my washer uh, washing machine is chiming in here so because i was doing this having this like financial revolution revelation in 2020, well, it was also a time when everything shut down. I can't just go pop over to McDonald's or, you know, any, you know, go and get, I'm not a coffee drinker. What's, what's some, you're anyway. not a coffee drinker. I'm not, I'm not. Um, That's a whole other episode. I'm not, uh, I never have been. I don't know I if we can continue. I mean, I totally support, you know. I, I try to, I go to coffee shops. I like the look of having a coffee. I just, I'm drinking tea or hot chocolate. Oh if you ever God. see me at a coffee shop, I'm not <laughs> drinking coffee. Um, but it was, you know, so we had that factored in that we're not, we're not doing this, all this extra spending because we're home. We're home. Well, yeah. I was in the office, but working much longer hours. So that contributed to it as well. But um you know, so we're just between work and home and that's it. So we're not spending, we're not paying for daycare because it's shut down. So it's, yes, there were a lot of negative things that happened in 2020, but then there were also some really positive things as well um, when it came to our financial story. And then I found the courage to walk away from corporate America. And then, so it's like it, it was the domino effect. It was that first domino push finding joy in my finances was that domino push that just created this amazing effect for all these other choices. I'm living completely differently now than I was then. And it's just really fun to think about. And I know you have your own story and you shared some of that last episode too, but that's, that's the magic that I I wish for all women. Yeah. It's hard work though, man. It's hard work. It requires discipline or a change in mindset or, and a change in mindset. Yeah. You know, you talk about the scarcity mindset that Mm -hmm. what if it doesn't come back or this is the only time I'm going to have this money or, you know, what if I lose my job or what happens there? What if he loses his job? What if, what if my partner leaves me what if what if what if what if and I can honestly say I'm kind of like oh it's coming back Mm -hmm. it's coming back so this investment 
is not going to break me. It's a lot of money, but it's necessary. And I see the potential in that thing. Now you have to be yeah. wise with your money too. And I think you have to be generous. Tip big. Tip big people. Okay. Do right by others in, in whatever giving you're doing, you know, and, and you'll be surprised how much that increases your own income. Yeah. What do you think about this statement? Money is energy. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know how I am. I love money. Mm-hmm. I freaking love it. And it loves me. Like you got to honor it. You got to, you got to. Yes. Take care of it. Nurture it. Yes. Give it to the right people. Do all the things. Share it. And Just, share it silently. Don't don't give somebody some money and then blast about it. You know what I hate? I hate the videos of like these social media people who are going and like they find like a homeless man, homeless woman on the street, and then they they're videoing themselves giving like handing them like a wad of cash or videos of people um seeing someone on the street and saying hey can i get five dollars for the bus or whatever and and when someone finally says yeah sure here's five dollars they say actually thank you so much you know for being kind and generous here's you know five hundred dollars or whatever um which there it's like rebecca why do you hate that that's so generous well i hate it's the filming of it Mm-hmm. And that it feels, I don't know, it feels ex, ex, like you're exploiting these people who, and it feels like it's showboating and yeah, I, I don't think know. it's a pat on your own back. Yeah. It's, it feels like the wrong message is being sent. However, like, I do look feel how good I am. I yeah. do this for people or whatever, but could it give someone uh, inspiration to do something similar in their life? I don't know, but you know, that's the, the, Catch 22. Anyway, I agree with that about things that you do behind the scenes will come back to you as well. And so, um, now look, that doesn't mean I haven't been frustrated with the res or what I thought was the result of my gift. You know, that doesn't mean I wasn't like, oh, and now you're in Florida. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, I did what I wanted to do with the pure heart and I just wanted to help. So yeah. I did. I felt like I helped and it it is what it is. Yeah. Um I am human, you know. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, really? Do you know what I could have done with that? You know, but it yeah. you know, I'm still thankful I'm able to help, you know. Yeah. So that's not um, on me. Right. And and at the end of the day, it's none of our business, you know. That's and- right. It's a hard, hard lesson to learn. That's yeah. hard. It's hard. Well, when it comes to money being energy, I think it's what you're saying is like the fact that you get energized and jazzed up, which is always why I I want to be around you and talk to you about money because because that's interesting to me. That's uncommon for me in how, you know, what my conditioning is around money. And I think that that's exactly it. When we go to energy is money or money is energy. 
everything we this is going to get a little woo everything has a vibrational frequency everything has an energetic frequency and so if money has that what you put into it is what you're going to get back to it so if you have a negative feeling about money if you have a negative relationship with it that's what it's going to give back to you and and so it will stay away so the way um i know someone who describes it as it's like saying, you know, Jennifer pisses me off. Jennifer makes me nervous. Jennifer, um, I don't know. Jennifer, you know, I don't know much about Jennifer, but from what I can tell, she's not great. Mm. Well, is Jennifer going to come around and be around me, even if I don't say those words to her? If that's the energy I'm bringing to her, to you, mm. then are you going to, am I someone that you want to be around? No. Right. Money is no different. Can I get an amen? Come on, girl. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes. She's hollering. <laughs> Look. You know, my parents didn't talk to me about money. I didn't grow up, you know, but I put in the time, the effort, the energy, and it feels good here on the other side. Yeah. Uh, now, look, again, do I want more money? Yes, I want more money. But I'm also not afraid that I'm not going to have cash flow yeah. in the future because I've taken care of it along the way. Yeah, I've built slowly, you know, like it's... It's, um, I want to, I hate to break it to some people, but like, do you know how much good can be done with some money? Do you know how, how safe and secure and how many options are presented if you have some money, you know, like if you've taken care of the money, like it, it changes everything. That's why I think more money is more powerful in women's hands. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I love money so much. I have a bookkeeping company. Okay. My itch is scratched talking about money because we talk about money all day long, all day long. And a lot of it, a lot of clients, you know, like it, it's what I do, you know, um, I love it. I think it's, I mean, it opens doors, you know, and, and if used correctly, I mean, it can open pe doors for other people. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. just, but I do, I do honestly feel like gratitude, being thankful for what you have and sharing it. I'm not saying you have to write a check to the Red Cross or whoever, Salvation Army or whatever, but you, there's people in your community, you know, need some help. Mm -hmm. You, you can easily slide them either some cash or something. It's good but, stuff. So question where, you know, if someone's listening to this and they are stuck in a rut when it comes to their money and they're feeling like, and because I know a lot, I've been there. A lot of women that are in that place are like, I'm really unhappy in my marriage or I'm unhappy in my job, but money, but money, but, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm so tied to this thing or I have the house or, you know, whatever it is. I'm so, you know, miserable living in this town and I want to move or whatever it is. 
what's the first step that woman can take to change her situation? Um, have a checking account that's just hers. Mm. So here's here's what I would recommend. That was my big first. Sh- that was my first step. Yeah, that's huge. That that's that's this is only mine. This this money in this account is only mine. So here's and you can open them with like next to nothing on on um, discoverbank.com, which is who I personally use. You can open an account without any any money. It's online. Just open the account, put a couple bucks in there as you as you can, and then just build it to a thing. So if you're in a relationship with a partner that does not like having separate funds. I think there's a good healthy compromise in that you have your own account, your partner has their own account, and then you have a joint household account. That can be for all of the fixed, you know, all all of the bills through the month. I'm not going to assume everyone can split that 50-50, but what I would highly suggest is have your your um, direct deposits hit your own personal accounts. And then you come up with what you need to come up with for your household. And you both deposit the money into the account that's required to manage the household. Mm-hmm. Now that might fluctuate from month to month, you know, some months are higher, some months are lower, whatever. But if you, if you, there's lots of things you can do to stabilize your expenses. For example, electric and, and gas, a lot of times you can get on levelized billing after you're in the same location for a year, you can, I mean, my, I know exactly what my bill is going to be. It might fluctuate within $5, but I might have a little bit of a cushion in that account just in case something like that happens or just in case, you know, whatever. But I would have a joint account and then whoever's in charge of the household, you know, bills or whatever, or better yet, try to dump the money in there, have everything auto-drafted. There's, there's lots of ways where you can build some security with what you already have. Now you might only have $30 a week or $30 a month left over. That's okay. It's going in your account. Everyone should have their own money. Everyone. And, you know, quite frankly, I think start a side hustle. Or if you're a stay at home parent, do something in the evenings when your partner's home. Or if you're a single parent, do something while they nap. You can. There's lots of things you can do from home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's lots of things. I think a side hustle, bringing in an extra stream of income, even if it's just a little bit of money here and there, that's something. And I think right now, the time that we're in with all these different gigs that you can do virtually, I mean, it's like the the opportunities are just going to continue to increase. Oh my gosh. The more, you know, the more access that we have virtually. Um and there's so much information out there about side gigs and it's just like and you don't have to make it like it doesn't have to be your world to where it's taking up every waking second right. of your time. You know, I mean, I was reading about something just this morning that I was like, oh, I might try that. I'm not going to say it here because I don't want someone else to take it. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but you could literally, you could, you know, sometimes they have the um, customer service reps needed. And if, if your kids go down at eight or nine o'clock work from nine to midnight, three hours a night, whatever, that's money in your pocket. You don't have to create something from scratch. Gary V talks about just reselling 
yard sale items or going to Goodwill and, you know, finding something and reselling it. You buy something for a dollar, reselling it for 10. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. And it does, you don't have to be limited because you're, you're home with your children or, you know, the spouse takes the car or your partner takes the only car that you all, whatever the case is, there's, there's ways. And then that money now, I will tell you, some partners don't like when the other partner is starting to make money or their own money on the side. Sometimes that doesn't go well. That's something for you to navigate and decide what that looks like. But that is a fantastic way of starting to feel empowered, emboldened, and to have some sort of control over your finances is to just open a separate account. Some people have to sneak the account. Some people don't. Some people, they'll talk to their spouses or their partners. Um, Let me tell you about my children. So I have two boys. One's college age and one is um, in eighth grade. I kind of feel bad for them a little bit in the way that (laughs) they have to hear me ranting all the time. But I have told them, I'm like, listen here. When you find a girlfriend, when you find a partner, when you find whatever, they are allowed to have their own money. You will encourage them to have their own money. Keep your money separate. You need to have your own money. But I'm telling you right now, you need to encourage your partner to have their own money. I mean, I'm telling you, I lay it into them. This is what's right. This is how it should be. This is not, we are not back in whatever age where, you know, the woman stays home and has babies and cooks all day. Like, fuck that. If you're Which working, means that they're probably going to end up with someone who's more like you, whether whether it's a man or a woman or whatever, uh, but a partner more like you, which means that they will just tell them what to do. <laughs> Maybe so. Only. Maybe so. so. Tell them it's okay for them to have their own money. <laughs> yeah. Like an overpowering mother or whatever that syndrome is. Yeah. Um. But seriously, I mean, I, I preach it to them just as much as I do to, to people I'm mentoring or friends or, you know, whatever. Have your own money. Yeah. And honestly, so I've remarried. So I've been married to my husband, I guess, seven and a half years. He never had his own money prior to us being married. And, and he was kind of like, I don't need any money. Mm. And I'm like, well, um, you're going to have it because I'm going to have my money. And we started out having the joint household accounts. So like the fixed bills we had in a separate account. So those were always auto-drafted. Our mortgage, our utilities to us, those are fixed because they're levelized. Um, And then we had a spend account, which was, you know, groceries, um, things like that, that were kind of, you know, not a consistent amount of money. So we would fund both of them. Um, And we funded them at 50% each. So initially that, that started that started great, you know, and then we just kind of decided to, Hey, look, you pay yours. I'll pay mine. We're both paying household stuff, but we now have, we don't have anything joint Mm -hmm. and we love it here. He doesn't have to answer to me. If he spends money on something I think is stupid, he doesn't ask me where I got that thing and how much it costs. You know, it's, it works, works great. So I think that that's what's important to hear is is that it's got to work for you and what works for one couple isn't necessarily yes, going to work for right. you. But I also think that it could potentially be problematic if if like not knowing 
if structuring it like that works to where like you've got yours, he's got his. And so you all have this, but what, what gets worrisome for me or feels a little sinister is when there starts to become secret money. And that feels where it's like, um, maybe one person in the relationship is trying to make sure everything's handled and, and settled and maybe making sacrifices and then realizing that the other person has these secret stashes and is quiet about it and then pulls some money out and says, Oh, well we can, we can get that when this person's been struggling all along. Struggling with their own money or struggling with the the household finances. Well, I and think- so in in that situation, I think sometimes it can, that can be that feels slightly abusive, and I'm sure financial abuse is definitely a thing. Maybe that's a whole other episode. I don't have a problem with people having their own stash, but I think it's it's having their own stash is one thing, but purposely not sharing when when it's needed in the household I guess to run it. I, yeah, needed in the household or going without fixing, I don't know, fixing something. And when there's cash sitting over there. Cash sitting over there that you don't know about. And then they become the hero of like, oh, mm. we can fix this. I didn't know you were, I didn't know we needed it to do it. Here it is. And it's like, I guess I, I can, I guess I can see that. Um, I, I do also want to clarify, like he's not on my account. I'm not on his account. Like he doesn't know if I have a dollar or $10,000. He has no clue. And I don't have any clue how much he has. So, mm-hmm. and I guess that, that again, now if something were to happen to me, my brother's on my account. It's not that I'm keeping him from it, but you know, whatever, it's my money. So, um, I do think it's important to have somebody else on the account just in case, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I I see what you're saying and that it shouldn't be a secret if if it, it is understood that everything's on the table. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I I like a much I like a more transparent approach. That's me. Um why well, husband, like what do you explain that to me? Um I guess because I spent so many years being in the dark about where we are not because of him. Let me just be very clear. It was probably a joint effort and all of that <laughs> of me being in the dark. But, you know, we didn't really make any real efforts to be on the same page. But I also was so terrified of money that I just gladly shoved my head in the sand. But, but I spent so many years being in the dark that I want to move on to a, a more, like, I want to operate in a transparent space. If I were to be in another relationship, which who knows when that will be, I guess eventually, I don't, I don't know. It's so why? hard to fathom me being married but again. why? Ugh. So here's, here's another thing I would say. I think that most people that have separate money are on their at least second marriage. You think so? I think majority of people that don't have joint funds have already been married prior to that current relationship. I think a lot of relationships are going to that. I hear a lot of people, I hope a so. lot of marriages that are I going so. to separate accounts. I, I really, th- it really, had I even thought of this, which I was raised in a way, or I was uh, believed, I guess, in a way that, 
you don't have your own things, you know. Um, but I wish I'd have freaking known that and have been okay early, early on. I'd have all kinds of money, sister. <laughs> I wouldn't have been on such the struggle bus. Yeah. But but you know, when you have two but people pulling out of struggle. one account. But I know. because of your struggle, you're here today. So yeah. That's I mean, but I do still feel like everyone should have their own money. So would you join accounts with someone again? No, I think I'll always have my own separate account if I were ever to be with someone again. But I'd like to know what what resources we have. Why? I guess uh, I guess it's uh I don't know. I really value transparency is probably one of my core values in life in general. I mean, I, I do, I do understand that, but I guess I want to know all the cards that we're playing with here. But what difference does money have to do with that? Like if, if you say you, you and I, okay, we're to shack up here. Do okay. you need to know how much is in my account? First of all, I think we'd have amazing conversations um, <laughs> in our relationship. I'm saying, would you need to know how much money is in my account in order for us to make a move? Or can we both come together and say, hey, we want to let's buy this house. It would bother the piss out of me not knowing what you had, what you were working with. Oh, my God. I'm not even. I'm so opposite of that. I'm like, please don't tell me because I like it over here. I know what I got. I'm not entitled to any of his money. So, or it, in my head, I guess in theory I am because we are married, but I'm not entitled to his money. I didn't earn it. So I don't make plans with his money. Now, if we come together and say, hey, we want to buy this thing, let's split it. That's lovely because you can both have the thing you want for half the price. Hmm. That's another thing. Yeah. And if I want to go get a facial massage, nails and all the thing and take a whole damn day to do it. He can't, there ain't nothing for him to say because it didn't come out of household. Didn't come out of our grocery money. Came out of my pocket. Yeah. I don't know. That's just kind of, I've done it the other way and been the one contributing and working extra and putting money in our joint, our only account, which was joint. And when you have someone pulling off that money, it makes you feel really used for me in that situation f- made me feel really used because I had a full-time income and then extra and we still couldn't make it. Mm. So, and, and again, I think that people that want to keep their money separate are typically second marriages is my guess or, or have been in a relationship that wasn't financially healthy. That's yeah. my thought. Yeah. What do you suggest for women? What do you suggest? I think information is power. And I think that, and this is just because my experience has been so, you know, you know, ignoring and hiding from it. If there are women out there who are ignoring and hiding is to disrupt that pattern as quickly as possible and just get, I want all cards on the table and I want to see where we are, you know, and just, what what if there's not if there's partners that don't want to be so transparent then what gosh i mean is, i don't when it comes to so my perspective is i'm looking at this from the standpoint of like debt like debt was suffocating us right and and i feel like if you're contributing to paying for 
anything household, you should know what you're paying for. Yes. For sure. And if we're contributing to pay our, and if part of that is credit card debt, credit card. What the hell are we buying with the credit cards? What Or what, or we have, we're looking around at the things that, <laughs> that, Shit, that now we, we got to pay for it. The couch we're sitting on for Christ's sakes. Yeah. So if we keep buying shit, you know, for us, it was like we're coming off of a Christmas where we had a good old time. So now we got to take a look at, okay, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Fortunately, you know, we weren't in any hot water with, you know, you know, bad debt or anything like that. It's just, you know, I was watching my credit score decline because of the amount of debt was becoming so heavy. Yeah. And I was like, my gosh, my credit score has never dipped that far. We got to do something. And for me, it was full transparency. Where are we? Because when you know where you are, you can usually start to set small steps to move forward. Now, it felt like a slow burn to get there to make any progress. But when you pay off that first, like if it's a $300 balance on something, and you pay that off, that feels freaking good. Celebrate by rolling that, what you're, what you're funneling into that $300 payment or $300, you know, balance, funnel that into the next thing. That's going to feel really fun. Let me tell you, there's something about when you're a few months into that game of paying off, there is joy to be found in that. There is nothing better than paying a debt off. And seeing it on a spreadsheet, for me, it was a spreadsheet. And seeing that roll down, oh, my God. Makes you, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. It does. It does make me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I think the other thing, too, is that there's no shame in having debt. There's no shame. I mean, you we make decisions every day financial, you know, financially. So if there's, if you have debt, just, okay, let's. Get out of it. And even if it was a poor decision that you, you're you looking at a year down the road, you can't go back and change it. The only thing you can do is address it now and make it a dis- different decision moving forward. There's no reason or there's no, there's no need. There's nothing that serves you in carrying guilt or shame. You're not a bad person because you made a poor decision. You're not. No, a- and, and let's face it. These credit card companies and other things make it so easy yes. and they they almost kind of offer a solution to a problem you didn't know you had right yes. um yes. and i will tell you speaking of which stupid shit financially so when i started my associate's degree and this was 150 years ago <laughs> i was awarded more money on my student loans than what i needed and i don't mm-hmm. know if they do it now but back then they let you keep it Yes, well, that residual check. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did. I bought, we were in desperate need of a washer and dryer. So I went and bought one. Yeah. I think I finished that program 2004, 2004. I've gone on to get my bachelor's. I've gone on to get my master's degree. And there's years in between those times. So it's been a long damn time since I bought that washer and dryer with my ex-husband on my initial student loan. I just paid it off. Just paid off 
that damn no no stupid decision stupid i'm not decision, saying paid it off oh, yeah how many years 2004 how many years ago was that <laughs> come on rebecca was that 18 years 18 years stupid yeah. so we all make stupid decisions but at the time it was the right one because i needed it so yeah it was a not great decision and i paid for it you know 18 years later oh finally I paid off my washer and dryer. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm sure I don't even have it anymore. I was going to say, do, is no. that the washer and dryer you have now? Hell no. Uh, 18 years ago? <laughs> Ma'am? You never know. Maybe you bought top Not of the Not in line. this world, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, so we all make those decisions. And we all make stupid mistakes, especially when we're young and just yes. don't have the well, knowledge you don't know, or the you don't know what you discipline. Don't know. Yeah. 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 So there's definitely no shame in, in in having debt. But you know what? There is light at the end of the tunnel and you can use credit cards. Don't close the credit cards. If you pay them off, do right. not close them. If you don't want to use them, stick them in a drawer safely, put them in the safe, something. But do not close them because that will hurt your credit. It lowers your available credit if you close out a card. I don't care if it has a 300 or 1500 or $15,000 credit limit. Do not close it. Mm-hmm. put it somewhere very, very safe. Cut it up. Or you could cut it up. Yeah. But do not close the account. Yeah. So there's lots of things. Yep. But we've all made dumb decisions. We have. I use credit cards. I I live on a credit card, but I pay it off every, every time I get paid. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's kind of like next phase or like that's. Yeah. That's when, that's, you, that's a, when you have. That a men- requires some a lot of discipline. And that's also when you have, when your relationship with money changes Mm -hmm. and you're not on the defense, you're on the offense with the money. Because there was a, a, I thought I was ready for years and years ago. Well, uh, no, I was not. It just kept going up and up and up. And I finally had to work my butt off to get it paid down and paid off. And then by the time I had it paid off, I finally was like, okay, I think my head's on right. You know? Yeah. It's, you can make, you know, it's not always going to be like this. Thank you for listening to another episode of the She's Valiant podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, and follow so we can continue to share more empowering content. If you would like to drop us a line about topics you'd like to hear us cover, or you know of an amazing woman that wants to share her story, please contact us at she's valiant podcast at gmail.com.